You're listening to Richard Morgan Writes, the companion podcast to richardmorganwrites.com. I'm Richard, and I thank you for joining me today. Let's talk. Hey, everyone. Rolling along into show 29. This time around, we've got a quote by Reba McIntyre. To succeed in life, you need three things. A wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. Two of those things are pretty obvious as to what they mean. A funny bone clearly means having a sense of humor. A backbone means courage. But what about a wishbone? Now, I'm not sure how many people younger than me even know what a wishbone is. It is a bone found in the neck of a turkey that is shaped like a fork. It looks like a two-pronged fork, except it's made of bone. Now, it's called a wishbone because you and your friend or your siblings are supposed to each grab one tine of the fork and twist and pull and bend until the wishbone breaks. Now, whichever one of you has the bigger piece of the wishbone, you uh, now have the license to make a wish, and it is supposed to come true. The meaning of this could be extremely simplistic. It could simply mean having the capacity to dream and to wish and to trust that it will eventually come true if you work toward it. But me, with my tendency to read too deeply into some things, I wonder if Miss McIntyre is telling us that we need to have the capacity to dream and wish and move on in the face of a disaster. Making a wish and dreaming after a bone breaks. That's not necessarily a good thing. You know, what is whole has now been fractured, but the person who has the most, you know, One of you has to take what's left and dream and wish and move on. So possibly, Miss McIntyre is telling us that in the midst of a disaster, take the greater part or salvage what's left and then move on as best as we can. I don't know. I can't get a hold of Miss McIntyre to ask her. So take that for what it's worth. But anyway, for this episode, we have another short story. This is called Death by earwax. Halfway through his workday, Roger Collins got a splitting headache. That wasn't unusual for him. What was unusual was the fact that he started to lose his hearing. A constant ringing pushed everything out. He called his wife, Gladys, to let her know that he was going to the emergency room. They weren't able to figure anything out, so they gave him some pain pills and advised him to follow up with his regular doctor. After some tests, the doctor approached him with a grave expression. Hey, am I going to be okay, doc? Well, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is it's not a tumor or some form of cancer as I had suspected. It is rather an extreme buildup of earwax. The bad news is that it is building up so much so fast that it is going to end up being terminal. What do you mean, Doc? You mean I'm going to die from a buildup of earwax? At the rate your body is producing wax, it's only a matter of time before it bursts through your eardrums and into your brain. Roger's eyes shifted around the examination room. He slammed his fist on the doctor's desk. (laughs) You know what, Doc? That's what I love about you. You got one wild sense of humor. (laughs) Pens and paperclips fell down around the doctor's solemn face. 
I really wish I was joking, but this is the first time I've seen anything like this, and there's no known treatment. Roger roared with laughter before flipping to sobbing. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? How much time do I have left? Uh, probably two or three days. Might as well borrow someone's gun and blow your brains out, to be honest. How are they going to write my obituary? Succumb to a buildup of earwax? <laughs> I hate you! And he ran out of the room. I'll bill your family later, the doctor called after him. Roger's wife was just about to start making dinner when she saw her husband come through the door looking broken. He told her what the doctor said. She was about to make a six-course turkey dinner, but with the news that he wouldn't outlive the leftovers, she put everything back and tossed a frozen pizza in the oven instead. Gladys was anything if not practical. She called up all her gal pals and arranged a last-minute bingo night. She left Roger at home in his favorite chair where he would start building a wall of empty beer cans around himself. He stared at the television, but he was barely paying attention. So this is what it all came to. He briefly considered his doctor's advice, but he didn't know anyone in the family that had a gun. Not anyone that would let him borrow it. The beer cans began to stack, and the alcohol buzz began to deepen. He had a pack of cigarettes stashed away. He told Gladys that he had quit, which was mostly the truth. But sometimes the urge was overwhelming, and he would sneak one. He only did this once or twice a month, you know, not quite quitting and yet not giving up on quitting. That sort of thing. As he was about to light one of the forbidden cigarettes, a moment of inspiration struck him. He reached into one ear and felt for the wax. It wasn't hard to find. It was abundant and protruding from his ear canal. It had the consistency of chewed gum left to harden, and it was snug in the confined space between his ear and his brain. It came out in one long, solid mass. It kind of looked like a candle. The very tip of it had one of his wild hairs protruding from it. He lit it with a cigarette lighter, and what do you know? It lit perfectly. Either ear refilled in minutes. He dusted off the candelabras he had gifted to Gladys for their anniversary and stocked them with radiant, homegrown candles. He put on his coat and staggered outside. He remembered where several roadside memorials were set up. He furnished each of them with an abundance of candles and lit them. Finally, he came home and he stood in the kitchen. He began pulling giant wads of earwax out alternating between left and right, left and right, until he had a huge mound of the stuff in the center of the kitchen floor. Waving away the flies, he started sculpting. In short enough time, he had constructed a full-size coffin. He turned down the central air so that the wax would harden faster. For his first attempt, it was impressive. He opened up the door and gazed inside like he was looking into forever. Long after dark, Gladys came home. Oh boy, did she ever have a night. She staggered inside and fumbled for the light switch of the kitchen. She found it, but not before her foot found a large sloppy lump of wax on the floor. It was quite slippery between her shoe and the tile. She slid forward like someone on roller skates. She face-planted straight into the fridge. Her dentures shattered and the teeth tumbled down her windpipe. 
As she choked, she fell into the open casket made of wax. The impact of her fall made the casket close on her. Roger watched the whole thing from the outside, looking in through the kitchen window. He poured gasoline all over the house and dropped a match. Now that Gladys was taken care of, it was his turn. He used the remaining battery power on his phone to look up how to make explosives. He then suicide-bombed a nursing home. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Richard Morgan Writes. If you want to hear more of my fiction, I run two storytelling podcasts. If you like them scary, there's Marsh Lights. If you like your stories weird, strange, surreal, and yet somehow amusing, there's Peculiar Turnips. Both can be found on Spotify. You can also listen where they're hosted, on Libsyn. Links are in the show notes. For everything else, including all my shows, you can keep up with me on richardmorganwrites.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time.